Hello friends, I want to welcome you to our latest podcast talk. This is Pastor Marco. Listen, uh, we love to have you come hang out with us live. If you've never been, if you live in the area, we have two services, Saturday 6 p.m. and Sunday 10 a.m. And if you have kids, we have incredible children's ministry for all ages. And don't forget to check out our website at newlifesouthcoast.com. We believe this message is going to encourage you, but also challenge you in your walk with God. He loves you. It's true. He loves you. And uh, it's so good to be part of a church that loves him back. A church that's doing its part in loving people the way God calls us to love people. You know, the last two days we had seven different outreaches in the city. Um, Just amazing what God is doing. We... We serve the, the Sister Rose Shelter, Grace House Shelter. We serve the Tent City. Um, we, we serve the Whalers Cove uh, for, for elderly. We serve on the street team. Where we serve the Youth Detention Center and, and Douglas Academy. And come on, it's awesome to do the will of God. And then we serve the Pilgrim House as well. Uh, shout out to New Believers crew if you're here. Make some noise. That's what it's all about. It's about loving God and loving people. Amen? And so it's awesome to be able to be part of a church that is so stinking generous with everything. Thank you for your generosity towards our family as well. I heard what you guys did last week. It's awesome. We thank you for that. You know, and we know the best is still yet to come, so it's exciting to see what God's doing. You know, in January 19th, the church will be four years old. You know, four years old. Four years ago, we started with 30 people. Now we're averaging 1,000 people between the two services. It's amazing what God is doing here. I'm so glad you get to be a part of it. And I, I have a special word for you this morning. Listen, I'm really excited to share this with you because I've never really fully preached on this. I've preached many messages over the years. I've heard many messages. I love preaching. and I love to hear the preaching of the word because, you know, that's how faith comes by hearing God's word. You know, God speaks to us in so many different ways. He speaks to us through creation. Everywhere you wake up, you look at the sunrise, that's God speaking to you. A new day has dawned on you. You know, God speaks to your conscience. God speaks through the Bible. God speaks through people. And God speaks through the preaching of his word. I hope you're ready to receive what he has for you this morning. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to go to Psalm 139. I want to talk to you today about a topic that I feel has been under explored in the church. I feel like it's something that we need to talk about a little bit more often because we need help in this area. See, Jesus said that, that, that Christianity is about two things. He said it's about loving God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and then about loving your neighbor, right? But the last part is where I feel like we've preached messages about loving God. We preach, part, we preach about loving your neighbor, but he said love your neighbor as you love your Self. I want to talk to you this morning about properly loving yourself. It's important that you love yourself the right way. If you don't love yourself the right way, you're not going to love your neighbor the right way. Right? If you don't love yourself the right way, you're not going to see God the right way. Right? And so I pray today that this gets in your spirit, that God says, I want you to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Like God commends you to love yourself. 
Did you know that? He said those are the two greatest commandments. He said love God, love people as you love yourself. Tell your neighbor, you look good today. If you're single, um, it's, this is your chance. I'm just giving you the, I'm just, I'm your pastor. I'm here to help you. You know, I'm here to set things up for you. So take advantage of it. Don't be weird. Your chance, you're like, mm. you know, don't be weird. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. <laughs> we'll do another video. <laughs> don't be that guy. You, look, uh, you uh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you. No, no, I didn't say that. I said, you look good today. <laughs> you know the over-Christian person? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, uh, no, say hi. Just say hi. Okay. Psalm 139, if you're there, listen. Uh, the Bible says this. This is an awesome, awesome psalm. I hope you go home and read it for yourself. But it says this, Oh, Lord, you have examined my heart, and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts, even from afar. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. I don't know about you. That could be scary, though. I'm just, I don't know how you feel about that. Uh, depends on the day, right? Oh, y'all in church, I'm going to let y'all. Don't pretend. You're front. Uh, verse 4. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I'm going to skip down to verse 13. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body. You knit me together in my mother's womb. Can I just say this? No one is an accident. No one is a mistake. God created you. Maybe someone told you your mistake, but God's like, uh, I don't make mistakes. I created you. Verse 14, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Now, ladies, if this was a girl, uh, you know, reflecting, it would say something like, thank you for making me extremely complex. <laughs> this is a dude, so he's like, you know. <laughs> Someone's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for being honest. Um, your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O oh God? They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. Can you say amen? He loves you. I'm telling you. But like I said, I, I, I think that this is, a, this is a part of life that I think has been uh, underexplored because, you know, you, you, you grew up in church. And I don't know what church you grew up in, but a lot of times it seems like we, we talk more about how God is not pleased with us. Than he actually is. 
We talk more about the shortcomings. We talk more about, you know, the things that are not going right. We talk more about, you know, the fact that we don't measure up and all that stuff as opposed to the fact that God says, yeah, but I love you. I, I'm for you and I, and I desire to bless you. I desire to be part of your life. And, and, and God is not afraid of our mistakes. God's not afraid of our shortcomings. God's not afraid of our inadequacies. God is not shocked. You know, sometimes we act like, oh, my God. He's not going, oh, and me. Like, what did you just do? You know, no, he's a loving God. He's a good, good father. It's who he is. And he, and he wants us to have the right understanding of who he is. Because at the end of the day, your worst enemy could be you. Isn't it interesting sometimes where we're so quick to give someone an encouragement and someone a word of advice, but we have a hard time receiving that same encouragement and advice for ourselves? Isn't it interesting? It's so easy to preach to you, but it's hard for me to receive the grace of God for myself. You know, sometimes we become our worst enemy in this battle. We don't need the enemy. We don't need someone else. We just need to take a time to realize, wait a minute, maybe I'm the one that's getting in the way of me. Right, that if I don't have the right perspective of who I am, then it's easy for me to project the wrong things on you. The reality is, hurt people will always hurt people. Right? But the flip side of that is also awesome. Blessed people will bless others. But that's the reality. You know, you know, every other day on Facebook, you hear someone say, I can't wait to leave New Bedford. It's like, but where are you going to go to get away from you? Because no matter where you go, peekaboo, you're right there. Like, you can't get away from you. Sooner or later, whatever you move to is going to turn into a problem. Why? Because the common denominator is you. Well, not you, but your neighbor, right? Not, not, not you, you know. And so we, it's, in, it's so critical that we, we begin to have the right perspective of who we are. Right? Because if we don't have the right perspective of who we are, we're going to have a hard time embracing who he is and, and embracing the neighbor that he calls us to love as we love ourselves. Can you say amen? So, so God created us good. The Bible says when he was creating, God said, you know, he created the sun, he created the moon, he created the stars. just like, this is good. He created the animals. This is good. He created the plants. This is good. But he came to humans. He says, man, this is not just good. This is very good. Right? God created us good. The problem is we know sin enter our souls. When sin enter our souls, it distorted our view of who God is and who we are. Right? So what happened when sin entered the world? It gave us the wrong perspective of God. We begin to think that, that, that God doesn't like us anymore, that we have to find a way to earn his, his, his love. We have to find a way to earn his grace. And so what do we do? People say things like, I can never go to church. You know, if you only knew what I've done. If I go, the whole building's going to crumble. You ever heard those things? You know, it's the wrong idea of who God is. That's a God that we projected on ourselves because we feel bad about ourselves. We think God also feels the same way about us. That's not true. God, listen, a thousand people's been coming and it's still, it, it, it's still okay. Tells me that, you know, it's not about what you think. It's about who he is, Right? And so guilt and shame and embarrassment, these are all things that, 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 that has given us the wrong perception of who God is. See, the thing is, God is not repelled by our sin. Actually, God comes to you despite of your sins. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Like God comes to us. 
See, religion says you got to do something to earn God's favor. Relationship says, no, I come to you to bless you with my presence and my will and my purpose for your life. Right? So we got to fix the perception of who God is when, when, when we get the grace of God. The second thing that happens to us because of sin enter our souls is we have the wrong idea of who our neighbor is. So what do we do when we don't have the right percep- perception of who we are? We begin to compete with our neighbor instead of helping our neighbor. Right? We begin to be jealous of our neighbor instead of being happy for our neighbor. Right? We, we, we begin to be you know, distant from our neighbor as opposed to linking arms with our neighbor. We begin to burn bridges as opposed to actually build them because, listen, if God is God, he created you, he created me. And if he blesses you, he can bless me too. So I can be happy for you. I can lend you a hand. I can be a blessing in your life without feeling like it's going to take anything away from me. You know? But that only happens if my soul is healed. If my soul's not healed, I'm going to see you as a threat. Like, I, have, I will have a hard time compliment you if I don't feel right in myself. Right? But, and so it's important that we get healed. And then, and then the third thing is the perception of sin to our souls is how he corrupted us. Instead of seeing us for who God says we are, we see ourselves for who we think we're not. Think about it, right? Most people are not physically crippled, but most people are spiritually crippled. Their soul is broken. They're always thinking there's something wrong with them. They're always thinking they need one more thing. They're always thinking that maybe, you know, things are never going to work out. And then we begin to have this pessimistic faith about life. We begin to say things like, I knew this was going to happen. I'm never going to get a break. I'm ne- I don't know why I'm getting the Batman voice again. Um, <laughs> I don't know where that comes from. You know. But we become a version of us that God never intended for us to be. And I'm here today to pray and to share this with you that Yes, we make mistakes, but we're not a mistake. You know, yes, we have shortcomings, but that doesn't keep you from the will of God. Yes, you're not perfect, which, by the way, I don't know when that became a revelation. People always telling you, like, I'm not perfect. It's like, oh, you're not. Oh, I mean, when did you find that out? Uh, like two weeks ago. Just two weeks ago? Because we're over here like, man, you jacked up. <laughs> but it's okay because I am too. <laughs> so we're in this thing together. Come on, tell your neighbor, you all right? You know, you all right? You all right? Now, in order to properly love ourselves, we have to understand the purpose that Jesus came to establish on the earth. See, Jesus came not just to die on the cross for your sins. Jesus came to live a certain life to show you this is how you're meant to live. Right? Jesus came to say, this is how. Like, if you're wondering how your life's supposed to look like, you say, look at me. See, Christianity was never meant to be a religion that you go and pay dues on Sunday morning. Christianity was meant to be a lifestyle that you live every day according to Jesus' will. You look at Jesus, and you know how you're supposed to live. Right? Jesus came to establish that relationship. 
Better yet, he came to reestablish it. Because sin murdered the relationship, but Jesus came to put it back together. See, the word redemption is to put back together. Right? So in other words, he's trying to bring us back to our original state where we can say, yeah, it's very good. It's well done. Why? Because I'm in the grace of God. I'm in the will of God. I'm in the, I'm in the purpose of God. I'm in the flow of his blessings. I'm in the flow of his will. That sin cannot block me from the things that God has for me. So Jesus is the one that comes to pave the way. Look, I'm going to give you an example. In Romans chapter 5, it says this about Jesus. He said, now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship. Not religion. Relationship. Okay. With God. Right? Religion is, you know, do, don't, baptize, got baptized, Christianized, got this, you got that. You know, this is the way we go to church. This is the way. This is the <laughs> You know, that's religion. It's just formality. Relationship goes to the heart. Relationship permeates your heart and your mind and your spirit and your voice. Like, that's relationship. Okay. It says relationship with God because, because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. My good, that's so good. Friends of God, which tells you if you're friends of God, God's not mad at you. God's not disappointed. God is pleased when you are in Christ because in Christ you are his friend. That's what Jesus came to do, to reestablish connection. We lost connection. Can you hear me now? We lost connection. That guy is the biggest trader in the history of traders. Have you seen that commercial? The dude from Verizon that went to Sprint? That's a Judas right there. That's, that's a Judas. You guys know what I'm talking about? It's like, come on, man. It's all for the money, aren't you, huh? Can you hear me now? No, I can't. I can't. The relationship was broken. You know, you're supposed to be with Verizon, trader. We're going to have to cut this from the podcast. I, I, don't, I don't want them to think I'm hating on him. I just came to mind right now. Um, <laughs> but Jesus Christ, it's all the conversation in my head. I need to stop to make us friends of God. I lost my place. So... So you got to look at Jesus to see how you're meant to live, right? So Jesus said, I came to live an example life for you so you can know here's how you, my life's supposed to look like, right? And so I'm going to give you an awesome example of this in his baptism. Like Jesus didn't have to be baptized. He said, I am choosing to be baptized to show you this is how you yield your life to God. Right? He says, I'm going to come, I'm going to do everything you're supposed to do so you know. If you're ever in question, look at me. Right? Look at me and you'll know what to do. And so in his baptism, it's really powerful because it's one of the few moments in the Bible that you see the, the, the triune God in one place. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in action. Watch this, right? In his baptism, it says, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove. Aligning on him, and a voice from heaven said, This is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. Now, why is this important, church? I hope you're tracking with me. The Father, God the Father, says to Jesus, the Son, I am well pleased with you. Now, this is before Jesus did any miracles. This is before Jesus preached. This is before Jesus touched anyone. The father is establishing his identity that you are who you are because you are my son. 
not because of what you do for me. It's about who you are in me that, it, that, that gives you your identity. We live in a society that, that you, people will give you your identity based on what you do or don't do. That's a false way you're looking at yourself because what you do or don't do should never define who you are. You are who you are by the grace of God. This is why a lot of people struggle with their worth. Because think about it. You get laid off from a job. Now all of a sudden you feel like a failure. You may get laid off from a job, but that doesn't mean it takes away from who you are. Maybe you tried a business and it didn't go the way you wanted to go. But guess what? You're not a failure. Thank God you tried. Some people never try. Some people never get out of the boat to try to to do something out of their comfort zone. Maybe someone dumped you. And now your whole self-worth was based on that person. I got good news for you. One day you're going to look back and say, thank God you dumped me. Thank God you dumped me. Some of y'all are like, receive that by faith. Trust me. Say it, say it, like, say it like Taylor Swift. Thank God. <laughs> she would not have a hit if she was never dumped. But think about it. Adele has made a career out of being dumped. Right? So even in being dumped, there's a blessing there. If you can write hits and make checks. Right? But we have to be careful that we don't let ourselves be defined by what we do. The problem with what you do is, is temporary. Some things you don't do forever, but it doesn't mean that's who you are. We have to be careful of those labels that people put on us. Because God doesn't put those labels on you. Before he did anything, God's like, no, you are my son. And that's established. That's a done deal. You are who you are by my will, by my power, by my grace, by my anointing over your life. And what he says over Jesus is what he says over you. I am who I called you to be by the grace that Jesus has put on you. So you can be able to have your full identity restored. Not by what you do because what you do doesn't define you. Who you are in God defines you. It's who you are. That's why I love that song. God, that's who you are and that's who I am. Right? Our identity is in Christ, not in what you do. You know, a society, the first thing people say is, what do you do? It's like, how about who you are? Because I can do something, but my heart can be far from that thing. Worse yet, I could be with someone, but my heart may not be attached to them. Hello, somebody. I could be in church, but my heart could be in la-la land somewhere. Right? It's not about what you do. It's about who you are. We have to be careful to not live in a society that puts more merit on outward things as opposed to who we are on the inside. You may leave a job, but that job is not you. Right? You are who you are by the grace of God. God is pleased with you, not because you can do anything for him. That's why we always tell people, don't feel like you have to give. God doesn't want your money. Right? Because Jesus said, whatever your heart is, that's what your treasure is. Right? So if your heart is in the right place, then you want to be a flow of blessing because you can never outgive God. And he tells you it is more blessed to give than to receive because when you give, you're receiving. And so when you understand who you are, it doesn't take away from you. It actually enhances who you are. So God was making a point in Jesus that he came to give you this gift called grace. Right? What do you do with a gift? What are you supposed to do with a gift? You're supposed to enjoy a gift. Right? But because we're so jacked up in our souls, what do we do? We try to earn the gift. 
You ever had someone try to bless you and you're like, no, no, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it, um, uh, I got it, uh, I mean, give me a second. It's like, can you just receive? Like, can you just let the person bless you? You know, that's how I see people in the spirit. God's like, I just want to bless you. You're like, yeah, but I, I, I got to get this together. I got to, I got to do that. I, got to, I, mean, I mean, I mean, you don't know what I did yesterday. It's like, I don't care. I want to bless your life. Like, just be, let me bless your life. Just receive. There's, listen. There's nothing you can do to make God love you more. And there's nothing you can do to make God love you less. He loves you for who you are. But he refused to leave you that way because he wants you to be just like his son Jesus Christ. Filled with hope. Filled with grace. Filled with power. Anointed to live life above the level of sin and mediocrity. That is God's will for you. You can't earn it. You don't have enough. How uh, uh, much for the grace? How much for the grace? How uh, much? Say, like put your dollar away. I have to, people think that's how God is happy. You know, you ever talk to people about church? Oh yeah, I've been, I've been. You know, I was an altar boy. Uh, uh, you know, I was Christianized. I was baptized. I was dunked, and I was, you know, I did monastery. I was a monk. I was a priest. I mean, I, it's like. Who are you trying to impress? God is not impressed with with all those stuff. God is impressed with the fact that Jesus Christ gave his life for you so you can have grace available to you. There are no religious categories. There's only one category, grace. Grace levels the playing field. It puts everybody in the same place. Doesn't matter where you live, doesn't matter what color your skin is, doesn't matter how much you, you have in your bank account, all of that stuff means nothing when it comes to the grace of God. It's all about what God has done for you. We have a hard time receiving because we think we have to earn it. And you know why? Because we live in a society of earning. Right? You go to school, first grade, you gotta earn stickers. One more sticker, one more sticker. <laughs> I did good. Right? And all these married things, you got to earn, you got to earn, you got to earn, you got to earn. So God's like, there's nothing you can do to make me earn your grace. And so now we get tripped up. What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? How many times I got to go to church? How many times I got to pray? How many Hail Marys? How many rosaries? How many? How many? Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. It's like, man, that's exhausting. Why can't we just receive his goodness and his grace and his love and his mercy for us. Why can't we just say, listen, I'm all jacked up, but God, you are so good to me. And I'm, I'm so thankful for who you are. I, I need to tell this to someone. It's a revelation, but God wants you to be happy. I know a lot of us, we grew up in religion where happiness was like foreign. Like we go to church, we come out like angry. Some people go to church, they come out, you think it's a funeral. Who died? Right? Because all our lives we thought God's supposed to be somber. You can't have fun. Some people come in here, they listen to the music, they say like, what are you guys doing? Is this a cult? Have you heard that? Why can't the other thing be the cult? The one with no happiness, with no joy. So, so the fact that we're happy, we're in a cult. One time I invited a woman to church. She came. She's like, y'all are too happy. I'm like, well, that's a problem. I thought we all striving for happiness. You know, 
But because we have the wrong perception of God, we think we can't have fun. Who created fun? You didn't. You're not that funny. Like, who gave you those things in your DNA that makes you want to laugh and smile? Some of y'all, you haven't laughed in so long, you look weird right now. You're like, you're not sure what to do with yourself. Like, your muscles haven't worked in so long. And you're trying to laugh, but you look like you're having a stroke. You know? Say, it's okay. It's quite okay. Actually, it's one of the greatest medicine for the soul. The Bible says a cheerful heart is like medicine. Some of y'all need extra medicine. Cheerful heart. Tell your neighbor, come on, drink up. Drink up. God's not mad, people. People are mad. Because people are mad, they project an angry God. Have you noticed all the people that preach to you about anger and judgment, they're always angry? God hates everybody. We're all going to die. It's like, bro, can you smile though? You ever notice everybody that has one of those, you know, signs, they're always angry. None of them is like, hey, God loves you, man. What happened to that? I don't know what distorted concept of God we've created, but I believe it's because we bought into religion as opposed to relationship. Relationship is freeing. There's joy in it. There's peace in it. And I just want to prove it to you because you may not believe me, but I hope you believe what the Bible says because that's God's word. Right? Look what the Bible says. Just one promise of many. Look, Isaiah says, just as I swore in the time of Noah that I would never again let a flood cover the earth. So now I swear that I will never again be angry and punish you. Hello, somebody. For the mountains may move and the hill disappear, but even then my faithful love for you will remain. Uh, My covenant of blessing will never be broken, says the Lord who has mercy on you. Someone ought to thank God for who he is. That's who God is. So whoever's preaching something else, tell them, okay, that's your opinion, but I'd rather stick with the word. I'd rather stick with the will of God. I'd rather stick with what God says. I don't care what you say. I don't care what your cousin who lives in the basement and he's a dude named Prepper says, and he's ready for the end of the world says, I'm here to live the will of God. I'm here to hear the power of God in my life. And I got good news for you. He's not mad. You are. But he's willing to heal you. If you just let him. Some people told me, why don't you preach more about hell? It's like, wait, to make you more angry? You already mad, bro. I'm going to make you more tight. How about we talk about the goodness of the Lord and the grace of the Lord, the power of the Lord, the will of the Lord, who wants to bless you. He wants to bless your socks up. Listen, he wants you to love yourself and it's okay. My other title for this message would be, so don't you just go ahead and love yourself. Just go ahead and love yourself. It's okay. I want to give you some practical things as we go today. Okay. About loving yourself. This is God's will for you. Number one thing, if you're taking notes today, is you got to get to the point that you can say, I like me. See, not enough amens there. That's a problem. Because here's the thing. You got to live with you. And if you don't like you, that's a long, long life. 
So you got to get to the point. You got to wrestle with those demons that are keeping you from liking yourself. Now, I got to get serious here. This is where the rubber meets the road. Depression, suicidal thoughts, feeling never good enough. And those things could become your identity. And then there's consequences to those things. But I believe God says, I didn't create you like that. You've been broken and beaten down by life and things have happened to you. But I believe he said stays like this to say, that's not who you are. You are who you are by my grace. And I like you, and I want you to like yourself. I want you to begin to embrace who you are. Yes, you, got, you, yes, you have shortcomings. Yes, you have weaknesses. Yes, you have things that has a measure up. But guess what? We all fall short. But we all, we all can come to the grace of God and receive his will and his purpose for your life. Don't let a mistake define you. Don't let a bad judgment define you. We all have those moments, but they don't have to become a lifestyle. They don't have to become who we are. We have to get to the point that we can say, I like me. I want to give you a spiritual exercise when you go home today. I want you to look in the mirror and go, hey, good looking self. It's been a while since we had this conversation. But I'm here to let you know it's a new day. We're going to like ourselves. We're going to speak some positive things over our lives. We're going to see God's will being done. And some of y'all, you're like, I don't want to do that. Well, then keep hating. Why? What's the alternative? Keep speaking negativity over your life. And I'm not talking about positive confession. I'm talking about the will of God. That he created you to like you. The second thing we need to do is know what we have to offer. You got to know yourself. You got to know what you have to offer. Because see, when you know yourself and you know what you have to offer, then you don't settle. Problem is, if you don't like yourself, then you will always settle for something less than you're supposed to be. I believe this, that you like yourself, you know what you have to offer. You can walk into your place and, and demand a promotion, not out of cockiness, but out of confidence that, yes, I know who I am. I know what I have to offer in this place. And number three, listen, this is very important. I'm not you. I like me. I know what I have to offer. And thank God I'm not you. And thank God you're not me. Come on, we live. Listen, God created us to be originals. People are selling to be copycats. Don't be a copycat when God created you to be an original. There's no one else like you. So you might as well be you. Sometimes people come into church, they're like, you know, I like my church to be like, then find something like that because you ain't going to mold me into something that I'm not. I'm not. People say, "Uh, you don't look like a pastor. I'm like, show me what he looks like. Because I don't know neither. What you want, robes and sandals? <laughs> you like that one. Robes and sandals. You don't want that, man. I got ugly feet. You just I'm that guy that goes to the sand and I'm burying my feet. Like you I'm under. Like you ain't seeing my feet, you know. If you do, you you you're gonna have nightmares. <laughs> but you gotta like you. 
Because I'm not you. And the good news is, I'm so glad. Because, can you imagine a hundred of you walking around? <laughs> How crazy that would be? <laughs> One of you is enough. So stop trying to mold people into who you want them to be. Be who you are and let people be who they are. Let's, let's celebrate that. Let's celebrate that. Well, you know, my church, we did it like this. I'm like, that's why your church is dying. At our church, we want to have fun because God is fun. And he loves fun. So funny to me when people say that. It's like, if you was working, then why are you here? Clearly, it wasn't working. And clearly, you need to have more fun. Because you look angry and upset. Hey, you need to go to a place where we speak the grace of God over you. And you can walk out and feel like, man, look, I feel much better today. Because God is with me. And he's for me. I'm not you. And the last thing is, don't take yourself too seriously, please. Some of y'all need to lighten up. Like, like you don't save the world. I got good news for you. You can't even save yourself. So why are you all tight about? If I don't do that. Here's Batman again. Who will? Like, as if that's going to make things so much better. Isn't it funny? We think that the tighter I am, the more things are going to work out. They're not. The tighter you are, the more you don't see the will of God. The more you don't see the grace flowing and, and working on your behalf and moving. God's like, I'm waiting for you to get out of the way. I don't know what I'm talking to today. God's like, man, please get out of the way so I can do some things that only I can do in your life. Stop trying to be God. Don't, stop taking yourself so seriously. Some people read the Bible, they can even enjoy it. Ugh. I'm telling you, some of the scariest people you ever meet is religious people. They're tight, man. Some people are so consumed with being right. They miss righteousness. I want to be righteous, not right. Well, it's like, we're so consumed. I gotta, I gotta, oh, just relax. Stop taking yourself so seriously. There's another spiritual exercise for you. As your pastor, I want to commend you to laugh at yourself more. Like, for real, though. Because you're crazy. You just haven't realized it because you're tight. But you say some crazy stuff every day. And you do some crazy stuff every day. Just take a moment and be like, yo, that was crazy. I can't believe I just did that. Man, he said so many great things, but here I am. Uh, I'm OCD. I, uh, he said that. I just, I, I can't move on. Come on. Laugh for yourself a little. You know, enjoy yourself a little. Because you, cause you got to live with yourself. I, I want to have a good time with myself. Like, I made up my mind a long time ago. I was like, listen, life is hard. It's filled with uncertainties. God's faithful. I'm not God. Therefore, I'm going to do my part and trust him that he's going to do his part. And so I'm going to enjoy this thing as much as I can and let him be God and I'll be me. 
There will always be problems. I don't know if you have caught on yet. There will always be issues. So if you're waiting for everything to line up for you to laugh, <laughs> good luck. You might be waiting a long time. Yo, why are you tight? I'm still, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. My time's coming. You get to heaven, God's like, what you still waiting for? Some of y'all will go to heaven, you're still tight. But why though? Like, I thought it would be bigger. I just... <laughs> like some people, you're not going to please them no matter what. You know? You're just not. So don't take yourself too... Let them take yourself... You don't take yourself seriously. Take God seriously, but not yourself. Once in a while, you just got to like laugh at yourself. People are like, what's wrong with you? Like everything. <laughs> Every, everything. But God is good. Oh, listen, did you get this as we end, guys, you come up, did you get this today? Uh, this is for you, okay, this is for you every day, this is, this is, I want you to make this part of your life, at least for the next few weeks, internalize this, this is God's will for you, notice this scripture's on all of them, I didn't, I didn't make this up, this is what God says, at some point you got to figure out who you're going to believe, Okay, you got to figure out what you're going to believe. Are you going to believe your broken self? Are you going to believe what the world says? Are you going to believe what other broken people have said about you? Or are you going to believe what God says about you? Yeah. At some point, you got to make up your mind and say, no, no, no. I'm going to take God at his word. I'm tired of being tired. I'm tired of waiting. Listen, if you're waiting for everybody to give you their approval rating, you will be waiting for a long time. Okay. Because everybody who has an opinion about you usually don't have an opinion about themselves. And they're not okay with themselves. They want to project that on others. So please discern those voices and say, I'm not going to be anything else who God created me to be. My mind is made up. I am who I am by the grace of God. And I'm going to live the life that he called me to live. See what the Bible says. I am who I am by the grace of God. Grace covers you. You're not a mistake. You're not a failure. You are who you are by the grace of God. Here's the thing about the grace of God. The grace of God saves you. The grace of God is saving you. And the grace of God will continue to save you. It's a continuous thing. It's not a one-time thing. It's not, you know, I got baptized, Christianized, dunked. No, it's, I'm in the will of God every single day. I'm walking with him. I'm walking with him. I'm growing in him. I'm developing my relationship with him. And as I'm doing that, his grace is overwhelming my soul. Okay. The second thing, the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ. All things. Not some things. Not Sunday things. All things through Christ who gives me strength. This is his will. This is his word for you. That you would embrace this. That you would confess this over your life every day. Imagine you spend five minutes every day before you leave the house and say, God, I'm going to confess your word over my life today. Look, I'm not there yet, but I'm on my way. It's all about making progress. It's not, God never said be perfect. He said be in my will. Be in my will. Walk with me and see what I'll take you if you allow me to take you where I want to take you. You may not be there yet, but thank God you are on your way. Look at the next one. I love this. I am anointed and equipped for success. Like, 
I may fail at some things, but I'm anointed and equipped to succeed. If I'm not succeeding, then I'm not in the will of God. My God wants me to succeed. He's anointed me. He's put his hand on me. He has blessed me. He has blessed me. He has blessed my life. And my life is blessed by God. And if God has blessed my life, then I'm going to succeed. I'm going to be blessed. My children will be blessed. My kids' kids will be blessed. My finances will be blessed. My neighborhood will be blessed. My city will be blessed. My nation will be blessed. Everything I touch is blessed by God. Do I have any witnesses in this house? My God, he's good. He's a good God. And look at this. Remain standing as we close. He said, my God will supply all my needs. Church. I know you have wants, but my God will supply all my needs. I've been old and young. I've never seen righteous beg for bread. God is always faithful to supply for all my needs. Listen, as we close this morning, maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You've had religion. You've been to church. Maybe you were an altar boy. Maybe you were catechized. Maybe you were, you know, all those things. But you never had a relationship with Jesus. I want to give you the privilege to make the greatest decision of your life, which is to let Jesus come in and be the Lord, be the Savior, to forgive you, to restore you, to make you the man and the woman he created you to be. So with every head bowed and eyes closed, I'm going to say a prayer. If that's you today, you're like, man, I need this Jesus. I need this relationship. I want my life to be filled with this God. I want his will for me. With every head bowed, eyes closed, the reason why we, we close our eyes is to just reflect on ourselves. To say, God, is this for me? Are you speaking to me? And if you feel that this is for me, you feel your heart is beating really fast, your palms are sweaty, you feel like, man, I, I need this. I want to pray for you right now. If that's you, pray this with me. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, he will come into your life. He will save you. He will begin this journey with you. With every head bow, eyes closed, let's pray this prayer. Especially you who have never prayed this before. Would you say, Father... I heard you this morning, and I want to respond to your love. Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me my sins. I want to live in the fullness of your will. I want to love myself the way you love me. I want your will in my life. I want to walk with you, Lord. I want to come alive. I want you to remove the past and give me a new day. Holy Spirit, fill my life. From this day forward, my life is in your hands. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to thank you for listening today. And I want to encourage you to share this with someone who needs to hear about the love of God. And uh, hope to see you soon.